Um, <clears throat> do I look like a grandfather? Yeah. Lisa, Lisa and I are, are extremely, extremely happy. I tell people this. I said, I'm a late bloomer, but at least I'm blooming. Uh, I just want to give you a, uh, some addition to our up-and-coming fast. Um, I've developed a little uh, prayer card that's on the back here, and it's like just like steps of daily uh, meditation with the Lord. Um, I didn't develop this. This is actually something that Jacob did, my son. And it really comes from uh, what is called the examine, which is a uh, uh, Ignatius uh, reflection. And he's taken it and, and put it into everyday common non-Catholic terms. Uh, and he's done a really good job with this, the reflection of it. And then on the back... I mean, it's upside down because I am computer challenged. <clears throat> but it also says it's our prayer and fasting. It has our dates and our time for those of you that forget things. And then uh, for your, your, maybe your times of prayer, you might want some scriptures. So I, I added some prayer scriptures there that you might want to look through and read through. And then maybe through time... Through the prayer and fasting, you might want to take some notes and some things that God's saying to you. Because Sunday night, we're going to do something a little bit different. What we're going to do Sunday night is I'm going to invite people to come up and give short uh, moments with God from your experience of the week. And what I mean by short, you get five minutes and I'm going to be the czar. <laughs> right here, talking to whoever. I'll give you a two-minute warning, and then I'll say, you're done. Okay? So I'm letting you know that so when you won't think I'm mean when I do it. I'm preceding, let's call it. So, but I really, it's really a good time for us to share and, and, and what we call family life. And that's, so we'll do that on Sunday night. We might, we might pray a little bit, but on Friday night, we'll come together We'll have worship and prayer, and, and we'll direct that through. But really, one of the themes that we feel like the, the Lord is drawing us into and challenging us with through this year is the idea of risk, stepping out of our comforts. And so uh, two, two aspects of that is, what is the Lord asking you to risk in personally? And the corporate side of that is, what is God inviting us into as a family? And uh, we're, we're trying to navigate all of that, and we're, we're with you, and we want to do it together. And, you know, so that's the idea of the notes, scriptures, thoughts, dreams, visions, uh, just things that the Lord does and, and impresses upon us. Secondly, when it comes to fasting, you know, uh, it's, not, it's not something that we, uh, we do a lot of. So I've written... Uh, a sheet, put together a sheet, it's on that back table, it's called Fasting, Prayer and Fasting Made Simple. And it gives you some thoughts and ideas, most of us who do what we call a Daniel fast, it has thoughts and ideas on that. Uh, but I will say this, let me just tell you this, if you're to, on medication and you obviously can't fast food because you need to take your medication, please do so. Uh, but you can, all of us can fast. Maybe you're one of those people that need to just stay off your phone for a little while, you know, or 
Maybe you don't need to be in front of your game, whatever, for a little while. Maybe you need to not, maybe you need to set aside your novels for a few days. The idea is to set yourself apart for God during this time of prayer and fasting. So whatever it is that you, you, you want to, that's between you and God. We're not trying to dictate to you what to do. We're asking you to respond to Jesus. And what is he asking you to do? Okay? Uh, trying to, just trying to be encouraging that way. Okay, quickly. Any questions? I've communicated this really well. That's good for me. All right. Please pick one of these up. I think you'll find it helpful. All right. Thank you, Jacob. Powerful, huh? It's amazing how one act can change a person's life. That has nothing to do with my sermon today. I just thought it was good. (laughs) I liked it. And hopefully I'll be able to continue on this morning without, uh, without becoming a, a crybaby. Jesus said this. He said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble, I'm gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. Now, this is the words of Jesus. And um, many of us, some of us that have been around for a while, been following and working with Jesus, been following Jesus, you might even know this by heart. But my question to us, do we actually live this? Do we actually live this? We'll come back to that. Galatians, Paul, as he wrote to the, the, the churches there in Galatia, he said this, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It, it is no longer. It is no longer who lives. But Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. Grace meaning God's unmerited favor. And so as we travel through the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, the letter to the Corinthians, I want you to keep some of these thoughts in mind. Now before we move on much further, we're going to take our offering this morning. And I, have, uh, I want to say, first of all, thank you. And I also want to seed this by saying this. Giving financially, giving of your time, giving of your energy, is a, it is worship. It is worship. It is worship to God. It is not just you know, giving money. It is a form of, of holistic worship. And in, in, in Westernism, we don't, we don't really see it that way. 
We talk about stewardship, and we talk about being faithful followers of Christ. This is, which is part of it, but this is worship. When you say, Lord, I want to give this back to you. It's worship. And so I want you to think about that. Because I know when it comes to people's pocketbooks, it's challenging. And it shouldn't be legalistic. It shouldn't be because you have to. If you have to, please don't open your pocketbook. Keep it. But if it's worship to God, give with your whole heart. Give in the name of Jesus. And be liberated to be, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let our offering come forth. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray you bless us and keep it. In Jesus' name. As the offering back down, we have an online too. I know that, that cash is literally fading and before us. Um, but uh, Or checks. Uh, it's www.oasisvineyard.org. And you'll see there on our website a simple give. If, if that's how you choose to give. Now we understand, uh, Daniel talked last week about um, just division. And division's all around us, right? Uh, We got divisions amongst parties. We got divisions and separations in church. I mean, it's just everywhere. It's just always around us. It's something that we engage. In the workplace, there's facets and divisions and, and, and opinion and debate everywhere we go. And so I thought Daniel did a great job of just ministering on that and bringing us into the place of that being under that lordship of Jesus Christ. Uh, and so we know that the, this letter was written from Ephesus by Paul. He, was the, he planted the church. And so he heard some things. There were some messengers that came to him and said, you know, this is what's going on. And so Paul, being compelled as kind of the father of the church, said, well, I'm going to communicate some things or some of the things I'm hearing about. And I'm going to write them. And it's not a writing to the Corinthians as if he wants to beat somebody up. It's not a letter that says, you, you, you know, he's not saying, how dumb can you be and still breathe? He's not saying that. What he's saying here is, I employ you by the grace of God that you hear what I'm saying. That, that, you, that you learn and that, that you redirect yourself. And what Paul says, and what he says throughout many of the 13 letters that he wrote, I feel like he says, look, I want to help you understand what Jesus meant in Matthew 11. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. He doesn't use that language, but he uses different kinds of language to bring us in to that freedom. Matter of fact, he would say, in Galatians 5, verse 1, he would say, it is for the sake of freedom that you and I are set free. Freedom. 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 Deep, living, tangible freedom. We know that the the letter was written about, you know, uh, 55 plus A.D. Um, We know that he was writing to the church there. And you understand this about uh, the city of Corinth. To be called a Corinthian, it was a slang. And this is what it meant. It was a slang meaning to be called a Corinthian, that you were an immoral person. 
Because that's the type of morality that was going on within the Corinthian uh, city, the city of Corinth. And to be called a Corinthian was not a good thing. And so Paul, writing to this church and, and employing them, as a matter of fact, one theologian said this about the church. The church was in the world as it had to be, like us. We're in this society. But the world was in the church as it ought not to be. Now there is struggles. And obviously the church is not perfect. And in my walk in Christianity, the Corinthians, and, in, and when I was in Bible school, I was in two different schools, the idea was, The Corinthian church was the carnal church. And it was the church by which you did not want to be like. That's how you... But I want to come from a different angle and say, look, we're all in the world. We all have problems. We all have shortcomings. We all blow it. None of us are perfect. And God is saying, okay... This is going on in your world, but I have come and I'm giving you grace and I have died and I have come to set you free. Let's re-navigate and get set free under the power of the umbrella of the, of the Holy Spirit. We all make mistakes. And so it's really easy as you read through this and, and read some of the things that they were dealing with going, are you kidding me? Come on. I've been pastoring for 35 years. There's not much here that I haven't had to deal with as a pastor. He was wanting to help solve problems. And as a community, that's what we want to help with each other. We want to come alongside people and help solve problems. And, and, and not just give you know, counsel. We want to give godly counsel. We want to give counsel that liberates people and sets people free. And we find that here in the scriptures. That's why it's so important to have this vibrant relationship with the word of God. 1 Corinthians, you know, tells us that, you know, he had guests that came along. And, 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 and he had two sets of visit, visitors there in, in, uh, in Ephesus. And they were just kind of telling him, you know, this is what's going on during communion. This is, during communion, you know what they were doing as we go through? They were overindulging. Are you saying they were getting drunk? Yes. In the Lord's Supper. And so Paul writes to them. Now they are coming together. He talks about, um, you know, living a balanced life as a father. As a father to, to he, he, he's endearing them. Matter of fact, Paul would say this. Did I come to you? Did I come to you with a rod? Or did I come to you in the love and the power of the Holy Spirit? Lord, we invite your Holy Spirit. Lord, we're grateful that you're here with us today. Lord, we're grateful that you're a God that heals and that you're a God that uh, embraces and you're relentless towards us and you're kind to us and you give us favor when we don't deserve it. You touch us and lead us And you employ us. You give us your yoke. 
and you take our yoke upon yourself so that we might be free. In Jesus' name, amen. This image, I, and when I was walking through this and writing some stuff and thought that um, the church is meant to be in the light. But if I'm going to be honest, we all have what, what I would call the shadow self. Self that kind of lives in a closet. The self that none of us want anybody else to know about. The self that is sometimes embarrassing, but yet we're being employed and we're, be, we're being summons to come out of it and be liberated and set free. To walk in the light. To be free in the light. So as Paul starts here in, in verse 1 of chapter 4 of 1 Corinthians. He says, So I look at Apollos and me, we're mere servants of Christ. Mere servants of Christ by, by have been put in charge of explaining God's mysteries. Now a person who is put in charge as a manager must be faithful. And so that the part of the division was, I'm of this person, I'm of that person, I'm of Paulus, I'm of Paul. And, and Paul. and Paul doesn't say, I am better than this man. He embraces him. We're here as examples and as stewards and, and people that want to employ you to go on with your relationship with God, to become the best you can be in Christ Jesus. And so I really appreciate about this, Paul, because there's so many divisions in, 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 the, in the Christian community. Like, this person is better than this person. I like this person better than that person. But we all, they're called. And, and, and there is, you know, failures. But I'll guarantee you that nobody's called to ministry with the plan to fail. But we do. Continuing on, verse 3. As for me, the matter is very little, it matters to me very little how I might be evaluated by you or by any human authority. I don't even trust my own judgment at this point. Can you hear the heart of Paul in saying this? My conscience is clear, but that doesn't prove I'm right. It is the Lord Himself who will examine and decide. I submit myself to the higher authority. Verse 5. So don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time before the Lord returns. And so Paul's employing people, look. Do you feel, or do we feel, that we make quick judgments? Do you assess things quickly? And that judgment is right there? Just a question. So don't, so don't make judgment about anyone ahead of time. Before the Lord returns, he's talking about his second coming. For he will bring out dark, dark secrets to light, and he will reveal our private motives. Then God will give to each one whatever praise is due. As Jesus said, that which is done in secret will be brought to the light. Light exposes. It exposes. 
Lord, you judge us. You expose us. It goes on in verse 6. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, I've used Apollos and myself as an illustration that I, I've been saying, if you pay attention to what I have quoted from the Scripture, you won't be proud of one of your, of your leaders at the expense of another. And what he's saying here, don't compare people amongst people. I mean, it's kind of part of that, that, that human nature that we have. But what he's talking about here in these six or seven verses, he's talking about stewardship and faithfulness. And what he's saying, he's using himself and Apollos as an example. We are faithful stewards. We are faithful to you, and we want you to become the best that you can become. Matter of fact, Jesus talked about stewardship in Luke 12. And um, I don't have it up here, but I'll just read it to you. It says, Luke 12, starting with verse 35. Be dressed for our service and keep your lamps burning as though you were waiting for the master to return from the wedding feast. In other words, he is saying, be ready for that return of the Lord Jesus. Be ready. This is what Jesus is saying. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in in the moment that he arrives and he knocks. And the Bible says no one knows that return. Maybe some of you are here and you're going, I don't even know if I believe in that literal return of Jesus. And and I would uh, implore you to just kind of walk with us through this. he, He says, if I come the first time and walk the earth, I will come again. He's clear about that. I will come again. But this parable is about a servant that has been giving a stewardship or a managerial position. And he says this. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you the truth, he himself will sit, sit them and put them and put an apron on them. This is Jesus serving them and serve them as they sit and eat. He may come in the middle of the night or just before the dawn, but whenever he comes, he will reward the servants who are ready. So the idea here and the challenge here for each and every one of us, are we ready? Are we being responsible? Are we faithful? Are we allowing ourselves to expose ourselves to the light? Are we willing to change? Are we willing to lean in to Christ? Are we willing to embrace his exhortation of Scripture and Turn our lives to true north. Readjust your life to true north. Are you willing from time to time to say no to yourself and say yes to Christ? Nobody really can do that for us. I love what Peter says in verse 41 of chapter 12 of Luke. He says this. Peter asks, Lord, is this an illustration just for us, you know, the 12 elite, or is it for everyone? 
Does this belong to everybody? And Jesus answered and said, A faithful, sensible servant is one whom the master can give the responsibility, can give responsibility of managing his household. If the master returns and finds that servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. Jesus is going to return. I think we all understand that he has given gifts and talents to all of us. He is inviting all of us to follow him. A matter of fact, I want to go back to Matthew eleven twenty eight, Because I believe that being a steward is more than just, just doing a good job. I believe it's more than just doing a good job. I believe it's being liberated to become all we can be in Christ Jesus. And it's not a duty. It's not a task. It's it's more than a responsibility. It's living and allowing Christ to live in us and through us. And it's freedom. And it's freedom. And so, so many of us are trying so hard to be good. So many of us are trying so hard to be acceptable. So many of us are working. So many of you, you you beat yourself up because you know better. And Jesus is not a taskmaster. He operates from a position of love. And I know that some of us here might have a challenge seeing Jesus or the Father as the Father. But let me give you a visual picture. Look at a grandfather or grandmother as they gaze upon their grandchild. And you're going to see a picture of the Father. You're going to see a picture of the Father, the Creator of the universe. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Let Jesus teach you. Let, maybe during this time as we enter this week, maybe you might want to just start, Jesus, teach me. Pray that prayer. He just said it. I will teach you. Jesus said, I will teach you. He's going to do a way better job than I can. He's going to do a way better job than that person you aspire on the radio or the TV or on the internet. He is going to do a way better. I don't want to discount those. There are great people out there, and I'm one that uses their counsel. But Jesus does a better job. So all I'm trying to say, and I can prove it because he said so. Let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 
For my yoke is easy to, to bear, and my burden is light. He says, come. Come means to believe, to receive, to eat, to drink, to look, to confess, to hear, to enter in through the door, to open the door, to touch the hem of his garment, and to accept the gifts of eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what it means to come. It it means simply in a word, it just means come and surrender. Come to me and surrender. I am here for you. Come to me. And many of us, if not all of us, I implore you, come to him daily. Come to him moment by moment. Jesus is on uh, 24-7. He doesn't take a break from you. He's everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He is everywhere. If you don't believe me, just ask him. That's what Paul is saying as he's navigating the Corinthian church. Come to Jesus. We talked a couple of weeks ago about wisdom. You know what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16? And you and I are those that have the mind of Christ because we come to him. That's where wisdom is. Come. And then he says, come to me. The objective of faith is not the church. It's not a legalistic creed. All those those things aren't bad, but that's not what it's about. It's not being just clergy. It's not being elders or deacons. It's about being a community that comes and surrenders to Jesus Christ. Salvation is in a person, not in an institution. But our heart is to make everything Somehow, a duty. Come to this free gift of salvation. It's in a person. If you have Jesus, you have all that he offers. That's what he's saying when he says, come to me. And then he goes on and says, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. All of you. First of all, I think coming to Jesus and part of this, those of us that are just feeling weighed down for many numerous reasons, I think the first thing we need to do is admit that we we do it, right? To admit, Lord, I'm weighed down with this. I am burdened with this. Help me with this. Show me. And then my question is, if you don't want to do it, then my next question is, why? Is it because we're afraid of what he might say to us? But I like what Peter said about Jesus. Lord, where would I go? For you have the words of life. There is life and no other. So I lean on Peter. I said, Peter, I like what you say. I don't like how you do everything, but I like, how, I like what you say. I relate to Peter a lot because I have a tendency to... Do stupid things. Don't agree with that, please. (laughs) I think part of this is also those of us, we have to acknowledge that we have a need, right? 
And when we acknowledge that we have a need to Jesus, he acknowledges us that he's with us there and he's for us. Let's have the worship team come forward, please. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Rest is a gift. It's unearned. It's unmerited. We don't deserve it. The rest is in that part of being realizing that we're, we have salvation in Christ. We have peace in Christ. He has finished it. Rest in the fact that He's redeemed us. That he, He's done all the hard work for us so that we might live this life conscious free. Realizing that my guilt, my shame, my penalty has been lifted and, and, take, and Jesus t- took it on himself. Thank you, Lord, for taking me. Take, taking my stuff. Taking my stuff. I'll let you talk about yours, but I took my stuff. Thank you. And then he goes, this is an invitation here. The first part, we kind of unpacked. I'm just trying to give language what it might be that what Jesus is talking about. I think it's deeper than that, but I think he will teach us what that is if we open up to him. But he goes on and exhorts us, says, take my yoke. This means to enter into submission into his will and that we're allowing him to form us from the inside out. Let me teach you, acknowledge of his lordship in every area of our lives and let him train us and teach us and illuminate his word. And he goes on, for I am gentle and lonely of heart. In contrast to the day, the Pharisees, they have this word picture. They had the religious leaders of the day who came and put burdens on people that Christ, that God wasn't putting on them. And sometimes we do that, don't we? We do the same, very same thing. Let the Lord have faith and let the Lord teach. And he's humble, the humble king. And you will find rest for your souls. Oh, Lord, let it be so. That peace that surpasses all understanding. And he finishes this by, by the contrast. I just said a little bit just a second ago. I am humble and gentle of heart. He says, I'm humble, I am gentle of heart. So if you've got this idea that God is out to get you, that would be true. But it's with a gracious heart, a loving heart, a heart that's willing to take the pain, the guilt, the shame, and say, come to me, for I am here for you. Come to me. And that's what Paul is saying to what we would call the carnal church. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. And love others while you do it. Take all my love. Look, that scripture, Matthew eleven, twenty-nine 29 and following, is a lifelong journey. It's not a program. It's a lifelong journey. And it's for each and every one of us the call upon the name of the Lord. Would you stand with me, please?